The Heinemann Podcast is a production of Heinemann Publishing. Heinemann is a provider of resources written by real teachers for real classrooms. Heinemann values teachers as decision makers and students as curious learners. Discover the path to lifelong professional learning at Heinemann.com. Heinemann, dedicated to teachers. How many times during a writing workshop have you thought, if I could only clone myself? Well, authors Dana Johansson and Sonia Cherry-Paul have a solution for more one-on-one teaching time during your writing workshop, Flip Learning. In their new book, Flip Your Writing Workshop, they explain how a blended learning approach allows students access to instruction and support when they need it, and as often as they need it. Now, they're not talking about replacing you, the teacher. Rather, Flip Learning lets students access a variety of mini-lessons on their own, work at their own pace, or move ahead and review concepts depending on a student's needs. Dana and Sonia say this gives a teacher more time to maximize individual instruction and conferring. We started our conversation on their first book, Teaching Interpretation, and I asked them how the two books were late. Sonia and I are, are so lucky and thankful to be able to work together. We're both classroom teachers. I teach fifth grade and Sonia teaches sixth. And we actually, we work in different schools and we live about an hour from each other. I live in Connecticut, Sonia lives in New York. And we meet on the weekends at a Panera Bread, and we get together and we talk about what's going on in our language arts classrooms. And our first book was all about teaching reading, teaching interpretation, using digital texts, and teaching close reading skills. And a thread in the first book was how to use a balanced blended learning approach in our classroom. And so it just made sense for us that our second book would be about using technology in writing workshop and how to use a balanced blended learning approach in the writing workshop as well. You know, sometimes flipped learning is assumed to be just for science or math classes, but that's not so. Can you guys explain more about that? So I think that a lot of teachers associate flipped learning with math and science and particularly with high school students and maybe college students. And Dana and I read a lot of literature that certainly supported that. But we wanted to think about how could this look in a reading workshop, in a writing workshop, and with students who are younger, students grades three through eight. And so we played around with this for a couple of years, just thinking this through and trying it out in our classrooms. And we discovered that there were a lot of benefits. Engagement was increased in our Mm -hmm. classrooms. Um, We were able to differentiate instruction Students could access what they needed and move more independently through Mm -hmm. curriculum. So we want people to know that flip learning is not just about math and science, and it's not just about high school students, that your students can do this in writing workshop, and there are lots of benefits to this. And we've also connected with a lot of teachers um, on Twitter, which we love. Yay, join us on Twitter. (laughs) Um, And it's, um, it's been a real joy and a real privilege to connect with people across the country in elementary school and middle school in high school and in college who are doing this work in the humanities. And, and are passionate about and it. And are really passionate about it. We've learned a lot and um, it's been really exciting. Yeah. Why has flipped learning become such an important part of your literacy classroom? I think flipped learning has become such an important part of our literacy classroom for one huge reason. And we learned it (laughs) from a participant, actually, at one of our recent workshops. Um, She came up to us and she said, I get it. I get the flip learning thing. She said, flip learning is like 
hitting play on a great anchor chart. And that is what it's like in the language <laughs> arts classroom. Um, flip learning helps you personalize your instruction with your students because in the writing workshop, everyone's in a different place and it's about differentiation. And I think, you know, another thing that people are a little bit confused about is the idea that somehow we're flipping these lessons and then that's it. We're, you flip it and you forget it. Somehow the teacher is doing less work. And we just very much want people to know that flip learning isn't about teachers somehow doing less work. It's about students being able to do more. You are still present in that classroom. Your, te- your students need you. And now there is more of you to give, in a sense, because of flipped learning. Sonia and I like to talk a lot about, um, you know, now we can sort of clone ourselves in a way. (laughs) We can be in multiple places at once during the workshop because we all know as um, workshop teachers that kids are all in different places working at their own pace. And this way we can be in multiple places. If you're running a true workshop, it is productive chaos. That's what's happening. There are many balls in the air. At the same time, students are not in lockstep with one another um, in a true workshop. So flipped learning really is a way to help students access instruction and teachers manage that that wonderfully chaotic environment that we love in our workshops. Sonia, tell me what inspired your first flip. I would say frustration. (laughs) If we are going to sort of continue thinking about that wonderfully chaotic uh, workshop environment, whether it's writing workshop or reading workshop, there's a lot of frustrations on the part of teachers and on the part of students. And so I would say that would be my inspiration. How can I sort of problem solve some of the issues going on in my classroom? And one of the uh, major issues in my classroom was students needing to leave the room for various services, whether it's English learning, uh, English language learning services or speech or needing to speak with a school counselor or needing to go to band and orchestra lessons. Our classrooms can sometimes be a little bit of a revolving door. And for many of my students, they were not, you know, necessarily skipping out of the room like, yay, I'm missing writing (laughs) workshop. (laughs) They desperately want to not miss the instruction and to keep up with what's going on in the classroom. So flipping lessons is a way for me to help all students get the instruction that they need. So that would be one of the reasons why. Dana, tell me, how should an educator decide what lesson to flip? I think the most important thing um, for an educator deciding which lessons to flip is to consider which lessons do you find yourself reteaching throughout the school year. I know that one of mine, and I tell some of you this all the time, is um, is that dialogue lesson, that, that punctuation lesson with the quotation marks. And um, that's something that my students need to review throughout the year. And so I think you just want to sit down and you want to say to yourself, okay, what are the three things that I find myself constantly reteaching? And then you want to ask yourself, what are the lessons that, you know, I know that some students are going to need to review throughout the year and look back on? And what are some lessons that can really push some students forward, but I might not get to in the classroom? So I would sit down and and make a list of three. I would start with three and move from there. What if an educator has maybe some limited technology in their classroom or they're not comfortable with technology? What would your advice be for them? 
Well, I think that recently we're hearing a lot about one-to-one environments in many schools across the country, which is really fantastic. However, access to technology and comfort using technology are very real issues for, for many, many teachers. Dana and I run across teachers who experience frustrations with this on a daily basis, and we have experienced frustrations with this. Um, so we thought a lot about that when we wrote our book. We wanted teachers to feel that they could do this work. We know that they want to, but we wanted to, to make sure they felt like they could do it. And we tried to problem solve um, lots of different situations that might arise with technology. Right. We tried, yeah. we tried making flip lessons with a cell phone. Mm-hmm. We tried making flip lessons with an iPad. We tried making flip lessons from Chromebooks, Mm. from laptops. Um, We tried every device we could get our hands on in order to see, okay, well, if if a teacher has this piece of technology, then then how can he or she make the lesson? Is it Mm -hmm. possible? And, And how would that work? And where would these lessons go? If right. you, if every child doesn't have access to a computer, how would this look in, in a classroom, in a workshop environment? So thinking about the one computer in your room and whether or not you are able to upload to a class blog or if you are a Google Classroom teacher or if you need to use a flash drive. Right. Um, and we tried to really think about all of these different scenarios and um, give strategies for teachers who want to do this work. Now, talk a little bit about the importance of students setting goals in their writing workshop. I think that's one of the most important aspects of the writing workshop. And what I love about flip learning in the writing workshop is that um, when you create your flip lessons, you have in mind already how you're going to help the student reflect on, okay, what is this lesson about and what do I need to take away at the end of it? And, and do I have questions? And one of the most important things that my students always talk to me about in terms of flip learning is that what, what do they do when they have questions? You know, when they are accessing a flip lesson, you know, how do they do this reflection piece? And this is something that we practice together as a whole group. Mm-hmm. This is something where we use um, lots of different uh, methods for writing down our reflections, whether it be entrance or exit tickets um, to right. assess or to write down um, our goals for the next day. If we're jotting in our notebook, what our goals will be the next day. If we're jotting on a post-it, what we're doing in order to, to reflect. And I use writing plans a lot in my classroom. Students will come in and grab a graphic organizer and answer a few basic questions to sort of outline their plan for the day Mm -hmm. and to determine whether or not they think they're going to access a flipped lesson and if so, why. And I have a rule in my classroom Mm -hmm. that my students are only accessing one flipped lesson during writing workshop because all roads need to lead to writing. Because you'll have that clever student whose plan is like, I'm going to watch six flipped lessons today, and then we'll see about what I'm going to do tomorrow. So They are entertaining. And, and Dana and I are really careful about our students understanding you're not watching flipped lessons. You are accessing instruction. Um, so what is your plan? It's very important. My thanks to authors Dana Johansson and Sonia Jerry-Paul for their time. If you'd like to connect with them, follow them on Twitter at LitLearnAct. You can read their blog and more. 
If you'd like more information on their book, Flip Your Writing Workshop, or their previous title, Teaching Interpretation, check out Heinemann.com, where you can read sample chapters of both books and see videos of the authors. Thanks for listening today. If you enjoy our show, please take a moment to rate it in the iTunes or Google Play stores, leave us a comment, or consider sharing our show with your colleagues. This has been the Heinemann Podcast. Podcast.